There is a cult of ignorance in the United States, and there always has been. The strain of anti-intellectualism has been a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life, nurtured by the false notion that democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. Isaac Asimov. I'm recording this on the first week of May 2021. The former president of the United States is still going to be suspended from posting on Facebook an advertising website that some people confuse with a news site. The Republican Party is being split between people that will acknowledge reality and those that will agree with the ex-president, who insists that the reason why he lost last November's election was because of cheating. When all the audits and lawsuits have said that there was none of any significance, no irregularities or cheating of any significance, is certainly not enough to change the outcome of the election. But that doesn't matter. If you're not a loyalist and you don't agree with, I guess you'd have to call him the leader of the Republican Party because people are following him no matter how crazy he acts or how unsubstantiated his claims may be. You are going to be challenged and pushed aside. Just look at Liz Cheney, for example. It's not like she really changed her political views or anything. As a matter of fact, she's more conservative than a lot of these Trump supporters. You know the ones that like the Affordable Care Act and Social Security. Keep the government's hands off my Social Security. You know, those people. They're to the left of Cheney. But they're right in step with the former president of the United States. Even when he's spouting provable lies. This is very disturbing for someone like me. Probably a lot of other people, too, that aren't like me. I came across a quote from Gary Kasparov, who knows a bit about Russia and disinformation. And as I've made almost a mantra at this point, the art of destroying the truth and ruling by spectacle. In a May 10th article on Slate, Dahlia Lithwick writes, Gary Kasparov, who writes very wisely and sagely about these issues, has had the experience of the Soviet Union, referencing dealing with massive amounts of intentional misinformation, says that damage is not done when somebody says the truth is X and some liar says the truth is Y. The damage is done when somebody says the truth is X and the other person says there's no such thing as truth. 
They don't even say why is correct. They just say you have no idea and you can't believe anything, but follow me. And people follow that guy. You have no idea and you can't believe anything. You have no idea and you can't believe anything. And you can't believe anything. And this, in turn, seems to lead to some thinking that you can believe anything as long as it conforms with your current worldview, regardless of what your past positions may have been. And in the current internet environment, you can find endless dubious claims that will support just about any proposition. From the flatness of the earth, to the fakeness of the moon landing, to the efficacy of the COVID-19 Pfizer vaccine, it can all be thrown into question. And with the decline of newspapers, and yes, I do mean newspapers, and their investigative journalist arms, we are poorer, and we're living in an information environment that more and more is coming to resemble a desert. We're starving for accurate information. First time I'd ever heard Facebook referenced as a source of information, news-related information. A guy was telling me that all the nuclear weapons that were in Iraq had been moved to Syria. And that's why the troops weren't finding them when we invaded Iraq. Right then, I had questions. And I never did join Facebook. There's no need for logical consistency. Or even, really, any adherence to the truth. Yeah, I was interacting with a guy today that told me that he had heard the officials of Biden's COVID-19 task force had said that it's just like the flu. We don't need any masks. Go ahead, take them off. You don't need any masks. I asked him what his source was, and he said, Rumble. And I said, I, oh, so not a legitimate news source. He said, it was a hot mic. You can hear it yourself. My internet can't find that. The only thing I can find is a 2020... April 2020 interaction between two reporters, one from Fox News and one from the New York Times. Guess which one said we don't need any masks anymore. But they were joking around, and it was a hot mic. But it wasn't the Biden administration. It wasn't any officials from the task force. It's a pleasing amount of misinformation, though, for some people. So a lot of this these tendencies towards looking for confirming evidence and stuff is, is perfectly normal human stuff. I think what's different nowadays is the fact that so many people get their information from advertising sources like Twitter and Facebook, whose primary, uh, primary motivation is not to provide you 
with reliable and accurate information. Their primary purpose is to keep you engaged and the algorithms find the best way to keep you engaged is with with rage. Rage drives engagement. So they promote made-up stuff. Like conspiracy theories. <laughs> stuff that confirms what you already believe about your political opponents. Conspiracy theories serve at least two purposes. One is they give you an enemy to be angry with. And two is they give you a kind of comfort when you're living in a time of uncertainty. Comfort in knowing that somebody is in charge of what's going on, even if their intentions are evil. It's better for them than living with the uncertainty of what's really going on and the fact that experts are learning as they go along. So if you take that uncertainty and the fact that the pandemic had so many people closed indoors and able to work in the confined world of the internet without having to go out and test these ideas with real people in real life situations who they became more vulnerable to all kinds of misinformation which gave them greater comfort than honest accurate information and all this talk about reality brought to mind something that Karl Rove said back during the uh, beginning of the invasion of Iraq. He was speaking to a journalist about reality. And he said this. We're an empire now. And when we act, we create our own reality. And while you're studying that reality, judiciously, as you will, we'll act again, creating other new realities, which you can study too. And that's how things will sort out. We are history's actors, and you, all of you, will be left to just study what we do. And sometimes I'm afraid that's exactly what I'm doing. I hate to prove Karl Rove correct. When the case was made for the invasion of Iraq, we were told that our soldiers would be greeted as liberators with open arms. It's not exactly what happened. And still hasn't happened after all this time. And the sad reality is that a lot of people would prefer false certainty over honest uncertainty. As Voltaire pointed out, Doubt is not a pleasant condition. But certainty is absurd. It's true that the CDC did change its guidelines regarding having the clean surfaces because they weren't sure how long the virus would live on different surfaces. And unsurprisingly, it lived a good deal longer in a controlled environment than it did out in the real world. Personally, I was glad when they said it doesn't look like it lasts that long, and at least these current variants don't last that long in normal conditions. Although they did live a long time in the laboratory. And the fact that this is true doesn't mean that you stop washing your hands. Some people chafe under the restrictions and requirements that the pandemic asks us to put up with while we deal with it. 
And what is asked of us is going to change as they get new information and they're able to study it. The longer we interact with the COVID-19 in the real world and the more we observe it, what is asked from us in order to deal with it is going to change along with the new information. But to some people, that just proves that science was wrong and they don't have to pay attention to it. And if science was wrong about hand washing and hygiene, then they're probably wrong about vaccines and mask use as well. In their mind, there's no need to pay attention to Dr. Fauci or the CDC or the WHO. They can just put all that out of their minds. And by not paying attention to it, they're able to avoid the asking themselves inconvenient questions like, what happened to flu season this year? A lot of people think masks minimized it. Of course, other people will tell you that masks force you to breathe your own CO2, which is poison, and thus they cause throat cancer. I haven't seen any studies supporting that, but these folks aren't interested in studies. They just don't want to be inconvenienced having to do things for other people. Because the advice changed, some people take that as confirmation that the medical establishment was wrong. And since they were wrong, they can replace it with their theory, any theory they want. Because their ignorance is equal to professional expertise. And they can do their research on the internet and find confirmation for their opinions. Now, it might not be scientific confirmation, but it's someone's opinion that agrees with theirs. And that's good enough for them. That's the thing. We, these folks have broken away. They're not even conspiracy theorists at this point. They're just conspiracists. They can say anything. It's all conspiracy and no theory. Hillary Clinton's running a child sex trafficking ring in the basement of a pizza place that doesn't have a basement. It doesn't matter. Fauci worked with a lab in Wuhan to create this COVID-19. The earth is flat. The moon landing never happened. It was Antifa that invaded the Capitol, not right-wing lunatics inspired by their insane president. No evidence? No problem. As long as you confirm what we already believe. I read a quote recently that, yes, Trump may be a clown, but a clown with a flamethrower still has a flamethrower. These baseless claims are still having a profound effect on our reality. But trying to persuade these folks using facts and evidence is of limited effectiveness. Their ignorance is willful. They'll work hard to maintain it because they've come to believe. That democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. And ironically, they'll frequently reference scientific methods in order to disprove 
what the scientific community has presented. I met a woman recently who was telling me that if you spin the blood in a centrifuge, that it was required that you spin it 33 times in order to identify the COVID-19 virus in blood samples. But then if you spin it 40 times, it increases the number of positives you will get. And if you spin it 60 times, everyone in the United States will come up positive. So I asked her, does that mean that everybody in the United States is carrying around at least a small amount of the COVID-19 virus? She said she wasn't sure and she'd have to have someone send me information. As you may have guessed, I have not at this point received any supporting information for that claim. And when you're dealing with people that just spout stuff without supporting evidence, it's very, very tempting to just ignore them and hope that they go away. But unfortunately, in this case, this misinformation is leading them to do stuff that can have negative consequences for others. Not wearing masks, not properly distancing, not getting vaccinated. That threatens other people not just themselves. They put their children's health in jeopardy, their family's health in jeopardy, their neighbor's health in jeopardy, strangers at the grocery store's health in jeopardy. So it's not like just saying, well, that person's an idiot and they're gonna pay the price. Similar to not just not wearing a seatbelt, but intentionally driving drunk as well. Not only are you increasing the likelihood that you'll get hurt if you get into an accident, you're increasing the likelihood that you will get into an accident. And by increasing the likelihood that you get into an accident, you're increasing the likelihood that you're going to do harm to someone else. While I'm certain you can find on the internet someone that claims that not wearing a seatbelt made it possible for them to move out of the way of a a pole coming through the front of their vehicle or moved to the other side of their vehicle when they got into an accident. And I'm sure that you can find somebody else that'll tell you that driving drunk makes you more cautious or less likely to get into an accident. Hell, I heard the argument that two out of every five accidents involves a drunk driver. So that means the drunks are doing pretty well, huh? And when it comes to car accidents, I remember my mother telling me that God protects babies and drunks. I think that's just because they don't tense up before the collision. So they get less severe injuries. But my main point is that these people are not just putting themselves in harm's way when they make foolish choices. They're putting a lot of other people in harm's way too. To modify a previous quotation, a fool with a flamethrower still has a flamethrower. So despite the general consensus of the medical establishment and the increasingly supportive data regarding vaccinated people's hospitalization and transmission rates, there's other folks that aren't interested in that. 
They just say, we're going to go along with the guy that says the stuff that we want to hear. Like there's only going to be 15 cases and it's going to be going down. And then when the summer comes, it'll go away. It'll be like a miracle. And while we know that masks are effective, we don't know exactly how effective because we're still gathering data. There may be some variants depending on the situations. And there may be certain variants of the virus are small enough where their most masks would be ineffective. Some people would hear, well, you don't need to wear a mask because it doesn't work any better on these variants. And while it's clear that masks do work on many variants of the COVID-19 virus, but it's not certain that it works on all of them, which unfortunately introduces an element of uncertainty. Honest uncertainty. And that is unwanted by a dangerous minority of the American population. As I've said before, ignorance is bliss, but only for the ignorant. Problem is, a lot of these folks unwilling to just sit and acknowledge ignorance and wait for new information. They'd rather just live in a fantasy world, make stuff up, believe whatever they read that confirms what they want to believe. And these people's fantasies keep intruding on reality, and in some cases becoming reality. And at this moment I'm thinking about what happened in the seizing of the Capitol on January 6th based on false information of a stolen election. Now, there's a group, a significant group in our society that is clinging to this misinformation, and they're forcing it down other people's throats and punishing those that will not get on board with what is obviously a lie. I'm thinking of Liz Cheney at this moment. Cheney has been removed from a powerful leadership position not for any moral or ethical wrongdoing. No, she's being punished for refusing to confirm what is an obvious lie. She won't deny reality. And it's become like a litmus test. Either you believe the big lie or you are unwelcome in our party. I try to remind myself whenever I read the polls saying how many Republicans believe that the big lie that Trump and his people are pushing. But then I remind myself that while it is a fairly large percentage, one of the reasons the percentage is so large is because the people that don't believe the lie are leaving the Republican Party. So it's a larger percentage of a smaller number. Then I remember how many votes Trump got. The Democrats are trying to address reality with realistic policy proposals, but they're being challenged by a group that will counter anything with either barely supported theories or downright total fabrication. I was thinking about the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine in treating the symptoms of COVID-19.
and the basement of the Comet Pizza, respectively. But I just as easily could have used a claim that it was members of Antifa that actually stormed the Capitol, or Laura Ingram's claim that the insurrection didn't happen at all. Or I forget who that other guy was. Georgia Congressman Andrew Clyde said it just looked like regular tourists visiting the Capitol. Now, is he just saying that to curry favor with the party or own the libs? Or has he had a full psychotic break? It's just not clear. Well, he could be currying party favor and owning the libs at the same time. Which would be rather efficient. Well, speaking of owning the libs. Oh, here's a guy that owns me every time with his rebel flag and his falling apart Trump flag. There's only about two-thirds of the Trump flag left that ends and fall off because it was made in China, which seems absurd and stupid, especially when we're presented with an anti-Asian racism that we're seeing coming from the Republican Party. But if that hypocrisy bugs me, then I got owned like a lib. Oh. I'm so tired of being owned. I mean, if I saw somebody smash their face into a wall and then write Trump in the blood from their forehead on the wall, I would say that is a terrible thing to have happen. And this is horrible, and that person must be an idiot. And the reality is, they win. Because I got owned, I guess. Getting on by not wearing a mask and catching COVID. And it's still not wearing a mask. And I think that's crazy. And it upsets me. And I got owned. And this whole owning the lip thing, is this some sort of very sophisticated information program that I don't completely understand? Or is this just assholes being assholes and getting a kick out of it? You know, I'm well aware of the fact that there's always been assholes in this world. But I think a lot of people that are assholes realize that they're assholes. And they will do things to refrain from acting out their assholery their assholeness, their essence of asshole. But since we had President, had Donald Trump as our president, it seems like people are more proud of their asshole tendencies. It's like being proud to be a racist, being proud to be a sexist, being proud to not pay your bills when people do work for you. Being proud of not paying taxes. Being proud of hanging around with child molesters. Just to own the libs. Weird stuff going on here. You can see it on the roads from the way they're driving. 
Although, to be honest, I have not seen a, a fighting flag in well over a week. <laughs> Maybe things are calming down a bit. So I got a woman for Trump 2020 lady in front of me. She's got a bumper sticker that says, Corsos for Heroes, which I don't know what that's about. Looks like a dog, maybe. And then, and still President Trump, 2016 to 2024. We're moving into some weird thing. I don't know whether this woman really believes Trump is still president or whether she's just owning the libs. At the bank a week or so ago, I was behind a grandmotherly-looking woman in a larger sedan. She had a bumper sticker that was like, I love my corgi or whatever like that, and proud gator grandma for people that went to the University of Florida. And then she had another one that said, your feelings, Trump, 2016. She just owning the libs too? Or does she just feel freed up to let her inner asshole come out? I've come to see the phenomena of conservatives owning the libs as being part of a war on truth and common sense. It doesn't have to be logical. All it has to do is confuse the other side. Because we're not interested in the truth. We're interested in the lie. And in order for the lie to grow, we have to confound rational thinking. Children are breathing in their own CO2, which is poison. You can't tell me that doesn't affect their psyche. Destroy truth. Rule by spectacle. Poison. 